Join me, Steve Hammond. I'm the Head of Business Development here at CloudM and all around tech enthusiasts. In this podcast series, I speak to our CloudM experts, our partners and customers as they talk about what's happening in the industry and discuss the latest tech innovation and how these are helping their businesses thrive. If you're passionate about tech in the cloud, you'll love it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode four of CloudM's Cloud Thinking podcast. My name is Steve Hannon. I'm the head of business development here at CloudM. I also have with us today uh, my great friends and colleagues, uh, James Smith, who is our customer experience director. Hello, James. Hi, Steve. And also I have Sam Winter. Sam Winter heads up the inside sales team who look after our SMB and mid-market customers. Hello, Sam. Hey there, Steve. Thanks for having us on. No problem. And this is our first episode of Cloud Thinking since the release of Cloud Cloud M 2.0. What is Cloud M 2.0? I hear you all screaming from the rafters. Well, 2.0 includes the addition of our archive product for both Microsoft 365 and Google Workspace. With 2.0, we're also adding more integrations with other SaaS solutions. Our latest box integration will be dropping this month. For those listening in the future, it's November 2021. But today we are going to talk about the archive elements of our 2.0 release. Archiving data in the digital workspace and workplace is a very contentious subject. In 2021, we firmly believe that there's no reason for any business to be deleting their data. But businesses are complicated. One size doesn't fit all, but in one way or another, employees need to archive their data. It's not a luxury. It is a requirement. We're going to talk about Three use cases for the business, whichever route you choose, CloudM can help. Collaboration workspace is changing and we're trying to stay one step ahead. So firstly, what is Archive? Where does it come from? Sam? Yeah, thanks for that, Steve. So a great question. And like you said, right, it's, archiving, it's, it's not a luxury, right? It's a need to have for a lot, a lot of customers. Number one reason, retention policies. Lots of different sectors across the UK, even globally have to keep all the data for a certain amount of time after a call, after a user actually leaves the business. So obviously we've took note of that. We've got the tool in the back end to do that. We've got our migration tool, which can move data from point to point. So obviously what we've done is we've connected the dots and allowed our customers the ability to actually archive the data that they need to retain. And you touched on a little bit of the mechanism that's actually, um, actually making this archive product our onboarding and our offboarding work. Uh, James, could you touch on the slightly more technical approach that we take? Yeah, of course. Okay, so I think firstly to say archiving has been around for years. Obviously, customers are moving to the cloud. That's you know Microsoft 365 and Google, which is where we firmly sit and we add a lot of value. I think really it's about customers now kind of recognizing that the, some of the practices that they maybe didn't necessarily associate with cloud are still relevant. And having you know business processes, if you like, that are hopefully automated by tools like CloudM, means that the data that they've got to keep for you know, legislative purposes, are, you know, being done so by machines, if you like. So that automation is is really important for for compliance, and that's that's really where we kick in. So we use the integration points of you know the APIs, application programming interfaces that Google and Microsoft make available. And we sit in the middle there, really, and make sure that the policy, the workflow that's been designed for the customer, by the customer, is going to take their data from their user accounts that have been flagged, whether it's offboarding or deprovision, 
essentially somebody's left the business and their data needs to be retained for some reason. What we want to do is make sure that we copy that data, we effectively migrate it from that source platform. So that's Google or 365, and we place that into the relevant storage location, which you know can be an Azure or a Google Cloud storage bucket. It really gives the customer the ability to automate a very complex technical process, but obviously just done in a UI configuration. So using our simple user interface, they, they configure the policy, make sure that's applied to the right users. And we can get to that in a moment about how different users have different requirements. And essentially, when that person is offboarded, we'll automatically take that data, copy that across into the storage bucket, maintaining you know, compliance, making sure metadata is attached, and that data you know, can be searched and retrieved if needed. And that's, that's a key part of the lifecycle for that user and their data. Thank you, James. You mentioned there um, kind of almost the different use cases we have within the customers. And we did mention uh, towards the, the top of the podcast that one size doesn't always fit all. So when it comes to, you mentioned offboarding users and their data and archiving their users and the data, what would really be the use cases we'd come across in this instance? Sam, any ideas from yourself? Of course, of course. So we do we do see a lot of a lot of customers um that do actually offboard users accounts into other user accounts. Um obviously that comes with you know some advantages such as being readily accessible to the data um, one thing that we do come across a lot is, is is customer storage requirements and two of the main ones is is hot storage and cold storage right hot storage where the data is readily accessible which you know using the offboarding piece and, and, and moving data into an archive account that allows you to do that right but it does come with some complications as well um, such as number one you have to obviously make sure that you've got enough data within that Google account to, to, to start migrating data into it. Uh, number two, obviously, you've got to look at Google's um, data policies. How many documents can you can you store within a user account? All these things do take precedent. But what we found is, obviously, it's a, it's a really good solution for customers that need readily accessible data whenever they need it, right? Just being able to go into a user account pinpoint which document you need, pinpoint which email you need, and then go from there. So that's the the use case number one. Um, James, do you, have you got anything that you'd, you'd like to add on to that at all? Yes, um, I think the key word for me here is e-discovery. So yeah. customers, some customers, you know, need to retain data for um, purposes where they've got to search for that data um, for, for a number of different reasons. Now, that, that typically means, as you called it, hot data there, that, that needs to be readily available, searchable. So if we take you know, the, the solutions that are available in Google and Microsoft, you want to be able to go and run a search, potentially from a legal team, and actually get those results returned immediately. So this comes under the e-discovery label. So essentially, that data has to reside in those live user accounts You know, in a way that means that those e-discovery tools can be used and activated when they're needed at the point in time, which is often you know, unknown without you know, a very short lead time, a request comes into that, that team, and they've got to get straight onto that data. So that's a, definitely the scenario you're describing there, Sam, where we want to use um, the, an efficient way to keep that data inside of Google, where we can, minimizing the number of accounts that we're having to keep um, to, in order to retain that data so that we can get the efficient searching, get the results back that we need all, all, you know, all within a very short period of time. So what I'm getting there is describing kind of an offboarding feature that sits within the Cloud M platform, that ability to take user A's 
mail and drive data and move that to a holding repository account or indeed use a bees account often for the case of um of e-discovery that you touched upon james e-discovery tools in my experience are costly to purchase costly to maintain it could be a little bit chewing a little bit tricky to to actually navigate your way around but that keeps the data very much in the productivity suite be it microsoft 365 or google workspace and I know, speaking with a lot of customers, that license creep to maintain that data, I often call it, rightly or wrongly, cloud's dirty little secret, and that no one knows uh, exactly what to do with that data from the, from the previous employee. Um, the actual archive element of product, by my understanding, that actually removes it outside of the productivity suite, but still maintains it as, as searchable and restorable. Is that yeah. correct, Sam? Yeah, definitely. And that, that, that segues really nicely into, into the use case two piece. So obviously, use case one, we were talking about storing things in a, in a hot environment where it's readily accessible. Now, we are talking about archiving data. So typically, it's data that, you know, we don't really need access to all the time immediately. So the other way around it is to actually be able to store data in a cloud storage bucket. Now, obviously, you look at the main data providers. You've got Google with Google Cloud Platform. You've got, obviously, AWS and, and Microsoft with Azure as well. But what we actually give the ability is for customers to move data into these cheaper storage options. Now, again, it touches on the cold storage piece, right? The data is not readily accessible. We do actually need to, number one, migrate the data to the storage option. And number two, we need to be able to have the ability to restore it back into a user account should we actually need to review the, the, the data or emails or documents that are, are part of that user profile. Now, obviously, it's a lot cheaper um, than, than just carrying on paying for a standardized user license. Um, and number two, we have some retention policies in there as well. So if you only need to store data for five years, we can actually put some retention policies in there that as soon as that five years is up, that the data has been stored, it will just automatically be deleted. So it seems to be a, a really um, beneficial offering to, to, to a lot of our customers. Um, number one, because of the fact that you're not having to pay for another user to just keep hold of that data. Um, what we see is in, let's take Google, for example, you can, in Google, you can pay well over 200 pounds just for one single user. However, if you use the cold storage option in Google Cloud Platform, it'll cost you just 0.2 pence for every gigabyte that you want to store in there. So again, when you look at it from a, from a cost comparison um, perspective, it comes a lot, lot cheaper to actually be able to store your data in a cold storage environment. That does make a lot of sense to me, sorry, in that, that comparison that you drew there straight away, 200 pounds for a license versus um, fractions of a pence um for for cold storage that's all very um very appealing very attractive from a technical perspective james we're moving data outside of the of the collaboration suite how do we do that and how do we get the data back okay so we touched on this earlier steve um we get this question off customers a lot so obviously they've they're data owners they're responsible for their information and we're obviously processing that for them so what, what we use again is uh, and this is a really important part of the workflow that we talk about. So we talk about people joining the business and the data being controlled and they're given access to information while they're doing their job and how we use our smart boarding and onboarding process to automate that. 
And if you think about it, that's doing the same thing, really. It's in, ensuring that we're accessing data that's appropriate to us in our role in the business. So whether that role changes, um, we still want the data you know, access to be taken away and granted based on that new role that they've got. So if we follow that through, what happens then when somebody leaves the organization is we're going to make sure that at the right point in the process, we automate um, that, that that data is going to be transferred. So the first thing we do is we make sure it's clear who's going to be transferred. We make sure it's clear what data items are going to be transferred. So we give the option for customers to migrate the mail data, the document data and the chat data. So that's the first part of this, which is what is it that you need to retain? What data do you want to control? And this is all within the simple UI, the user interface that we provide. So again, it's about giving the data owner, the customer, the control of what data, what information here is going to be um, archived. And then the second part is actually making sure that that happens at the right time in the process. So we're actually talking about making sure the workflow has the right timings, has it been approved by the right person, who gets notified that it's going to happen, how many people need to approve it, when those approvals are in place, is there a pause? So we want to make sure that, let's say, we secure the account by resetting passwords, removing the access tokens. We might want to hold that account in limbo, secured in a position where nobody can get to the data but it's there should you need it so some companies like to have an internal process which means that account data will be held for a month and then after that month then we'll move it to archive so what will happen then steve is i mentioned the apis previously so we have this elastic service which effectively orchestrates and, and maintains the migration of individual items from as i said chat uh, drive and mail and make sure that those items at an item level are transferred into the cloud storage environment and we log each of those individual items to make sure that we can actually demonstrate that those items were transferred so what we do then is we make sure within the user interface of the managed component where you've set your policy and you've defined this process is we report back there that this is in process it's happening what transfer rate is what information is has been successfully transferred and then obviously when it's been it's been completed so we then have a view within the managed user interface where you typically see your Google and 365 admins working where they can see which users are in progress, which users are completed, when they completed, which items were completed. And then they can obviously flip over to the GCS environment should they wish to and go down into the detail and, and look at the actual storage items. But typically they don't need to at a, at a business as usual level. What they're really doing is if they need to restore a user, they essentially select that user. And that orchestration element, the migration in the background that we take care of, will then actually bring that user, specifically an item they've selected, or the entire user, or just their drive, just their mail, or just their contacts, sorry, their, their chat, and it will bring that back into a live account within the, uh, within the environment that they're working. So it's all conducted within our UI. But obviously what's important is all the audits and the actual process, the monitoring, the management of this is, is displayed and, and configured within our user environment. Um, and it's actually, if they need to, it's in the records and the data that's within the, the storage bucket itself. It has to be that rigorous, you know, it has to be that automated, it has to be that documented for, in order for us to meet compliance and make sure that that customer is safe to do what they need to do. Because we're talking about moving actual user data now, copying that data from one place to another place. So we have to give that customer confidence that that's happened successfully because what they're going to do next is they're going to go and delete a license delete a user within that environment and actually they're going to lose that data so they have to be 100 comfortable that it's safe and they are because obviously we display the information we provide that audit trail to make sure that it's fully accessible and they can see that it's successfully transferred yeah and and, and just just to add to that steve we've we've had some really great comments from a lot of customers because Look, we have built an archiving solution and and when you talk about archive 
it kind of alludes to the fact that somebody's left and they're not coming back, but we but we effectively need to keep hold of this data. Now, the way that we've built the archiving solution, it's brilliant, especially if you're, let's say, a company that uses contractors a lot, right? So a contractor might typically work for you for six months. Now, if you know that there's the possibility that the contractor might be coming back, we can just archive that data, right? And bring back all of the emails and documents that that person once worked on once they return. So again, yes, it's really good from a, a retention policy of being able, you know, if HR requests any emails, any documents, but it's also really productive if you do have that environment where you, you're working with a lot of contractors. So yeah, one thing to add, Sam, actually, is when I talk about these things, because we're close to this, we're passionate about you know helping customers and giving them the right technology, it, one of the things we also have to do, and this is where our product managers and our developers excel, is we have to make it really simple. So when I kind of listen back to myself talking about that, that life cycle, that process, that automation, in real world terms, that's effectively one workflow with a tick box. That tick box is to archive that user. That workflow can then be run against any user in that environment and it will automatically in the background take care of all of the details that I mentioned and just migrate that data from the live account to an archive account and tell you it's done. So for customers that want to get up and running, they can't afford necessarily to spend lots of time configuring a complex tool, but they don't want that. We give them this predefined easy step they just select and that step in itself has all that complication hidden away. So that's one big part of our product that you know we have to get out there is it has to be usable. It's customer centric. It's all about the customer making it easy for them to achieve something that is really a very, very complex technical solution, but deliver it in a very straightforward way, very easily and administrate it very straightforward. Uh, thanks for that, James. And you, you've used one of my favorite words there a couple of times, which is automated. Um, and you mentioned that we can actually have these workflows as a, as a click of a button or indeed take a feed from any central source of the truth, any identity tool or indeed uh, we have a connector for any active directory. We touched upon some um, instances where our workflows will migrate from user A to user B, keep it in the live productivity environment. We've also just explained the, the, the new element we brought in this archiving to, to Google Cloud Storage or Azure Blob Storage. Um, you speak to a lot of customers day to day. Do you have any uh, instances where customers might use a combination of both those solutions? A hundred percent, Steve. A hundred percent. So, if you think about it, lots of lot, lots of customers out there that we've got do have to adhere to two retention policies. Number one, they may have to store data in a hot environment for a certain amount of time, maybe the first twelve months after that person's left. But then they might may also need to retain it in a cold environment for multiple years following on from that maybe one year's in hot and then five years in cold so as you can see with the tool you can pretty much do both right so typically what we'd suggest in that situation is you offboard the user for the first 12 months into the archive account as we initially just discussed in the first use case now following on from that 12 months what we could then do is move the user into the cloud storage environment which then obviously gives access to the cold storage for however long that customer needs. And again, we can put the retention policies in there. So all of that retention is all automated, as you say. Look, it's all about working, working smarter, not harder. That's something that, that I've always promoted um, in my own personal work life. 
Um, and it's something that, look, we want to shout about to our customers as well. Don't do all of this stuff manually. I put out a blog post which you can which you can find on the website around our uh, automated offboarding, and it's all reducing your you know typical offboarding, which is seventy steps typically in a Google environment, reducing it all down to an automated one click of a button. Now, why don't we do that with the archiving solution, which is what we've done? Yeah, I think Sam just to interject, I think one of the key bits here is making sure that we can meet different requirements in one business. You talked about contractors and they talk there about um, how they, you know, they might be a good use case for this. We, we typically find that as organizations grow and, and they become, uh, if you like, subject to more complicated rules is they actually need to have different sets, different policies, different workflows for different roles for different teams within an organization. So again, you know, keeping it simple, the product just simply allows you to uh, group these users into smart teams and effectively apply a different workflow, you know, for one group of users that might not have to have uh, their data retained at all, a simple deletion, temporary workers potentially. Um, and actually to Steve's point earlier when we opened the call, is the customer doesn't want to keep that data because if they keep that data, it puts a whole host of restrictions or, you know, roles or, rules around how they've got to maintain it it's easier for them to just remove that data so our process could be straightforward and actually all it does is secure the account delete the account and it's removed you know versus actually then i've got my sort of mid-level managers um, who might need to have their data retained within google for a set period of time and uh, right the way through to say my execs where we actually want to retain their data uh, in perpetual for you know for lifetime and actually we're just going to keep that data and it's only manually removed so that comes down to again using our user interface to then manually select and find those those uh, c levels and actually have them removed so the product you know provides not just simple tools that one size fits all which it def definitely does and it fits a lot of business but it actually scales and grows with you as a business. So uh, as you grow and find that things become more compl complicated and you're introducing more process, actually the tool will simply grow with you. And that's definitely, Steve, one of the challenges that, that we have and we enjoy is what's coming next? Well, how does our product need to evolve? How do we need to adapt to how businesses are changing, not just how they're growing, but you know how the kind of workspace that we live in changes and making sure that we're releasing tools just in time so that customers can benefit from you know, the, the sort of research and the innovation that, that we like to bring, really. Uh, that makes a, a lot of sense to me, James, and, and, and thank you for, for diving into, in, into quite a lot of detail in there. What, one thing that we kind of... It's been a recurring theme through this conversation is that the actual archiving offboarding of, of using the data can be a technical, arduous, previously manual process, but we built a user interface on top of very powerful software, which allows, um, which takes a lot of the headache, the challenges away from this. Um, we've also mentioned that one size doesn't fit all. Uh, James, if I ask you to put your like customer experience directorial hat on uh, for a moment, we've looked, we've discussed the, the a hybrid use case, an offboarding into another account use case, and an archive use case. How do we best help our customers, both existing and any new customers who come and join us? How do we assist them to 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 build those workflows and almost help make those decisions? 
Yeah, okay, Steve, great question. This is definitely in the customer experience side of things. So I guess for me, it's, it starts with when the customer first touches uh, you know, us, the journey they start with us. So typically that's talking to my uh, customer engineers and trying to understand what does the solution provide. It's where we try to get inside the head of the customer and understand their business. So we can often at that point make recommendations about not only how we can help streamline a process or introduce features they've never had before uh, you know or something simple like we can centralize a function that they actually use scripts for and have to maintain scripts and develop scripts and we just take that away and give them a tick box you know those kind of things are, are very immediate and start very early in the journey if you like talking to us and then from that point really evolves so the customer engineer will hand over um, to our customer success managers and that's where uh, we've got a, a team of dedicated resources that uh, have come attached with the license. There's no charge for these resources, and they essentially will then help customers, not just with that first onboarding and implementation, but they'll actually stay with that customer. And they'll ensure that as that customer changes in the way I described, that, that we map the tool to it. So their job is to describe what I always call positive challenge, is you know, they'll point out things within the business that they could be doing better. You know, that's not saying that they're not doing they're not doing it well. We're just saying we can actually do that better. We can save you time, we can save you money, we can make you more efficient, we can help with your compliance, we can give you data that maybe you're exporting and producing complex spreadsheets for. Well, how about we just do that for you in our audit report? So there's 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 so many different ways that it's like I get quite excited about this talking to my CSMs. I've done that, I've talked to customers. It's like it's great when I can talk to a customer or a CSM talks to a customer and we find you know, a number of ways in which I'm going to help that customer, not just that person on the call, but their team, their team of people that are, are sat there doing these things, you know, manually day in, day out. They're not necessarily any fun. And we come in and we say, look, we're not going to get rid of your job. We're just going to make your job easier. We're going to make it more enjoyable. We're going to give you time to work on, you know, hopefully some more interesting projects. So those resources then help guide that customer on their continual, their journey. That's something we do through year, year on year. And then in addition to that, Steve, we also recognize customers themselves are technically savvy. They want to go off and configure this stuff themselves. We want them to do that. So actually, the product is very intuitive. It links through to our online help. We have lots of digital resources, but we also have a, a global service desk. So we provide through teams based out of the US, based out of the UK, to make sure that if a customer has a question, or they have a ticket or they have an issue that they want to log with us, they can absolutely do that. And then I've got a dedicated customer support team that will make sure that ticket is processed. And what's really important is in the back end, which if you like is less exciting, is we make sure we join up that data. So we actually get a good view of the customer so we can see what's going on. So when a CSM comes and talks to you, they've got visibility of some tickets you've logged. They've got visibility of maybe a migration you've had done with us recently. They've got visibility of some interactions you've had with the customer success, um, uh, sorry, the, uh, the sales engineer. So what's really important then is they've got full context, full understanding of you. So it means they can, again, make better recommendations that are really um, Re reliable and informed about what that customer is doing, not just generic suggestions that we kind of trot out to everybody. They're, you know, they are they're tailored to the customer. Well, that's that's always fantastic to hear, and because it's so easy, and I I've done it myself as a consumer, where you purchase, uh, be it a piece of software or even a, a bit of kit, even a game or something like that, and if it's not intuitive or easy to follow and there's no one to help or push you in the right direction it can often then just become an expensive yeah. paperweight or an expensive icon on a desktop for yeah, example I mean, what's great about these steve I, I, I this is part of what i love is i know 
that the admins, the people that administer Google and 365 are doing the things we automate. I know they're doing them. I've done it myself. I've worked with organizations, I've worked in organizations that have done this. I've had teams of people doing this. And I've sat on calls and spoken to those people. I visited organizations and gone into the teams and sat down with them and done some kind of um, workshops on how they work. And you can see the people that do this job's faces like light up. It sounds really simple, but, it, but, but we can take something they do in and out all day long and we can just simplify it in the UI and they can report on it. It, it, they're, they're the great little moments that make the, the job really worthwhile. Like when you see that in, in the real world being applied to real customers, they're going to take it away and use it and continue using it for years. It happens. All our customers are doing these tasks. We've just got to try and get in front of them all and show them how easy that we can make it. Yeah, 100%. There's, there's so many sales calls I can remember just being on and, and, and you start talking about offboarding users and let's say there's some service desk guys on the call you, you can really see it in the face as soon as you start talking about offboarding. They, they, they're thinking in their own mind, oh, I've got another 20 of these I need to do when I get back to my desk. It's going to take forever and a day. Yeah. Um, and when we showcase the actual product to these customers, they're exactly what you said, James. They're blown away, right? They, they think this is going to save me so much time. It's going to save me so much time, so much resources. And I now feel as an administrator, I'm not going around firefighting. I can actually, as a, an IT employee, focus my my actual time in the day to to helping people work smarter, right? Not not just going around fixing errors and and, and doing this and doing that. We're actually allowing customers to come up with a, a a full plan for offboarding their users and let us take care of the rest. Let us automate it all for you. Yeah, I, I can many a call I can recall if you like where I've been sat there excited to tell the customer the next thing you know that I want to tell them because they've started talking about how they work and I'm already listening going oh we're so going to help you <laughs> and it's this great moment I have to like hold, tell myself to just pause and wait and listen you know my excitement doesn't boil over but it's great when we get to the point when we can actually show them what we do yeah. Definitely. It sounds like this uh, edition of Archive is definitely worthy of the 2.0 release. Um, speaking of kind of that, that 2.0 release and growing with the customers uh, and, and your customer success managers, James, um, really almost integrating themselves with the customer, understanding their, their requirements. How do we take that knowledge and tie it back into solutionizing, adding new products, new features, et cetera? How does that journey work from customer back into development to see what's next on the cloud end map? Uh, lo lots of listening, Steve, definitely. I and mean, it's a great point. Is there's, I guess there's lots of people involved in this across my service, across the product management side, you know, across the whole business, really. We, we are, as a company, um, I guess, innovators, really. We're all listening, talking to customers, looking at the marketplace, looking at what uh, other organizations are doing, looking at changes in legislation, you know, looking at trends in data management and actually, you know, trying to understand the key isn't so much the features and, and the functions that are required is, is when are they needed because sometimes what you find is you can be too soon with something you know you can almost see see the on the horizon something's going to be needed but it might not be needed for a year two years it's kind of an emerging trend versus those that are actually a pain now for businesses and actually they're the ones we need to be delivering just on time so that actually just before hopefully they've actually got that pressure we've already come up with a solution as we've done with archive here 
and we bring something in that's simple to use, simple to, to deploy, and really easy to justify in an organization. So that, that's combination of my teams who are all customer facing, listening, and feeding that information back regularly with internal product managers, product owners, but also those product owners, product managers themselves engaging with our partners, the whole ecosystem of partners across the world that we work with. They all meet with their own customers. You know, it scales amazingly. This is, we've got all these people effectively listening out for what's happening that we can feed directly back into products. And one of the things we're really good at, Steve, is at that listening, is making that very quick, very simple and feeding those features through into products and we let them do their thing. Our developers are amazing. And the amount of features I've seen just dropped in from a quick customer call and next thing you know, they're out in the next product release is amazing. And you know, that's, that's what we try to keep to really is we don't overburden ourselves with too many ideas. We're good at picking the ones that we need, understanding the market and making sure we release them just in time. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, James, uh, and and thank you for that. I know we're getting close to uh, close to running out of time here, but uh, gentlemen, thank you both for taking time to uh, to join us this afternoon. I do have one final question left for each of you, and I do ask every guest this: What's your favourite feature within the Cloud M platform, James? Offboarding. Easy. <sighs> Sam, offboarding's taken. He's had yeah, that Yeah, he's, he's literally. Can I? Can I? Uh, so one one thing I'm um, definitely fond of email signatures. Right, it's a it's a real pain point for a lot of customers. Um, it's something that I speak to a lot of people quite regularly, and the the the, the thing is, right, we can do all of these things together so we don't just offboard your users. We don't just onboard your users. We don't just do email signatures. We do everything. So yeah, I'm I'm a fan of it all. I would say offboarding. James has took that one, so I'm going with email signatures. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for that, uh, James and Sam. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you once again. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. Thank you all for listening, and I hope you can join us again for our next episode. Goodbye.